Welcome to Life on the Illinois Prairie. Your host is Wendy Fleming Dexter, and after 30 years living in small town Illinois, she has stories to tell. Past cornfields and factories, into the heart of Amish country. There's more here than what meets the eye, far beyond what you think you know. So buckle up and stay tuned. This is Life on the Illinois Prairie. Hi, this is Wendy Fleming Dexter. I'm your host on Life on the Illinois Prairie, returning to part two of my interview with Sarah Livesey, who's the executive director at Grand Prairie Friends and her discussion of conservation in the central Illinois area. Yeah, I think sometimes about when you mentioned people in the city that had not been exposed to some of the elements of nature. I think about some of the kids in, in either even cities around here in Champaign-Urbana that have not been, you know, any any child that is raised in an environment where they don't have a role model or somebody to take them under their wing just to show them that one time that they matter. It would seem to me that it, that there could be some kind of a program or some, it, maybe not a program necessarily, but people individually taking a child that, that's troubled, it has, you know, doesn't have any hope and and taking them out there and showing them what is there, and instead of it just being a piece of dirt, mm-hmm. to show them the beauty and all the opportunities that are there, that, and that they can, like you said, contribute and be a part of something other than being part of, of a, a, a gang or something, be a part of something bigger than, than they could imagine, because there's nothing bigger than nature. <laughs> right. And I, I think we are lucky in the sense that, you know, in central Illinois, we have um, nature centers like Douglas Hart Nature Center in Coles County. And we have the forest preserve districts and park districts that do a good job at those kind of, at least there are those opportunities, definitely. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to me that we have, um, you know, when you're talking about youth and getting youth engaged, there was um, a researcher, um, David Sobel who researched this his whole life about how we best motivate young people to get engaged with nature. Because if you start too early with too much science and gloom and doom, let's be honest, like the rainforest is burning and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're losing water and all of these things. They don't have the capacity to deal with those kind of social issues. And so it becomes that they block it out. It's almost like I don't have... Mm -hmm the mental capacity to deal with those big human problems. So I'm just going to tune that out. And we see that happen then throughout their lifetime. So it's almost like if you hit them too early with too big of environmental stressors, you will lose them, period. And then so we had to find this in-between zone. And there's actually three stages that we go through. And the first just being like with the toddlers, like appreciation. You know, mud doesn't taste great. But it's fun for worms and it feels really wet if I put it in my hair and, you know, just appreciating and feeling part of something like you were saying earlier, rather than a visitor, but being a part. This is a part of me. I'm a part of this. And that concept forms so early. But we're still not talking about scary things. We're not talking about even science really yet. Uh, But then when they get into elementary school and they can start asking those why questions and kind of putting attaching information 
to this place they care about, mm-hmm. right? And then getting into the teenage mm. years and on when we call that the social action phase where now they care about this space. They feel a part of it. They have some science behind mm. learning why the leaves change colors or something. And then now I want to make a change in my community because I see we don't have a recycling program. And I know that impacts this forest land that I love. So how how can I make good decisions to be a steward of this earth? based on these other Mm. stages. So it's a complicated, it doesn't have to be, but I think if it's approached the right way, Mm. it can just be more beneficial for everybody. It's a lot. Mm. (laughs) Like a lot of things starting, starting out with small, small manageable bites, you know, starting out with baby with milk and then baby food and then progressing to your solid foods. You know, I can understand that. That's, that makes perfect sense. That's a good analogy. Yes. <laughs> you have a uh, beautiful web website. I love your website. It's it's lo- lovely to look through. And you have a, a feather our nest wish list from Amazon. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? How we've talked about how people can volunteer, and that's one way that people can definitely participate and and help you with your um, the needs that you have that people can help donate to. Yes. So you're exactly right. So on our website and and grandprairiefriends.org, we invite everyone to check it out. It is uh, actually another volunteer, Ryan Bosky-Cox uh, from Charleston. She builds and maintains that beautiful site for us. Uh, like I said, we have a volunteer job mm-hmm. hat for everyone. Um, and so <laughs> at that site, you can see all of our preserves you will also find directions to all of those preserves and history about Grand Prairie Friends. All of those preserves and reserves that I talked about earlier, our board of directors is very adamant be, that they stay open, dawn to dusk, every day. And so, as I mentioned before, we're private land, so we don't have to open our spaces but it's part of our mission. Our mission is to create these spaces for the mm. communities that we're in. And so all of those sites are opened on to dusk and of course at no charge or anything like that. But we do also have memberships and we take donations and that's on the website as well. And what you're referencing is the Feather Our Nest program. And those are things that on any given day, we need batteries for the trail cameras And we need shovels to plant trees and all of those things. And so we keep a running wish list on that website. And um, Amazon, it's very easy. You just purchase and it comes straight to us. So uh, it's a really nice system. And that's that's a little bit about that. Um, Our memberships and donations are, are critical to the work we do. We are able, as I mentioned earlier, to do a lot of grant writing. And that's that's a, mm. that's fun, but I will say that it's always for something very specific or restricted. So if I write a grant for 300 trees, it's for 300 trees and uh, it gets the work done we need to get done, but it doesn't pay for car insurance and it doesn't pay for, you know, mm. air conditioning bills and all of the other, the gas for the truck, right? It's not... Those are the things that make this happen on the ground. And that's where our members and our donors step in. Those are the things that we can actually operate on. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any, I, I know I would have never given that a thought. I mean, I knew there'd be operating expenses, but, mm-hmm. you know, things like office supplies and yeah. mops and, and, and I know there are different price points. I mean, anything down from, you know, from $20 on up to, to way more expensive items and things like, I know you have controlled burns, so you have mm-hmm. need for uh, fire protection gear. Things that we just don't think about when you drive by or drive up to something like that. We have no concept, most of us, what is actually involved in keeping something like that open and available to the everyday person, just like myself. So Yes, and and part of that mission of promoting and, and letting people feel comfortable, that's also those amenities. So the parking lot and the kiosk and the maps and the brochures so that we make sure you feel comfortable when you come to these spaces. Uh, Those are all also extra costs that, you know, that we have to put out Mm -hmm. into the world to make sure that, that we're, we're open, we're open for everyone. So. Boy, you have sure enlightened me a lot, Sarah. I have, I had just, like I said, no earthly idea, all that was involved and, and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this immensely. Do you have anything more you'd like to offer? What's what's on the horizon for Grand Prairie Friends? Do you have upcoming events you'd like to promote, or yeah, or your, any any websites you'd like to give? I know you gave Grand Prairie Friends website. Yes. So, and on that same Grand Prairie Friends website, we have our event list, and that's another mm-hmm. way for people to get engaged with the work that we do. We have events at all of our sites throughout the year. So if someone wanted a little road trip and wanted to go up to Watsika, Illinois, they certainly could. Burnett in the Tolono area is a really neat little preserve. That is a big story of restoration, similar to Warbler Ridge. Warbler Ridge in Charleston Hmm. is, as many are familiar, Lake Charleston is in uh, just south of Charleston, Illinois, is Lake Charleston. And if you would continue down the highway a few miles, you would run into the Fox Ridge State Park. And so that is a state park. The Lake Charleston area is owned by the city. Um, But both beautiful natural spaces and together totaling almost 2,000 acres of of natural space. Uh, Both taxing bodies, both governmental bodies, certainly, But the idea came about about 10 years ago. What if we, Grand Prairie Friends, would start stitching together the land between the lake and Fox Ridge? And so we would create this continuous corridor of protection all the way down the Embra River. As we kind of found out during covid no one likes to live on an island by themselves. And even though we thought it was a fun <laughs> idea, maybe back in the day, but it, it was not, it was not fun. <laughs> and so what's happened now is that our plants and animals are facing huge barriers in getting across highways, having their seed dispersed, all of these things. So we're learning in conservation that no one wants to live on an island and the best opportunity for conservation is for us to connect all the spaces together in a corridor. And so we started working Mm -hmm. in Coles County, uh, thanks to work from family foundations like the Lumpkin Family Foundation, other granting agencies like Illinois Clean Energy, 
and we would write grants to acquire these parcels along the Embraer River, hoping that maybe 25 years from now, we would stitch together the lake to Fox Ridge. But it happened very fast. Mm -hmm. It actually happened in about 10 years. And that was a lot of different precipitating factors. We had um, purchased at auction a couple of properties down there. And then we had two other landowners come and say, we would like to just donate to you our land because we believe in what you're doing. And so then that happened. And then a couple of other properties came up for sale. We wrote more grants. Um, And so eventually we were able to stitch together from the lake to Fox Ridge. Now there are, it is not complete, but there are definitely, uh, it's definitely a path now. We are all the way down. Our, our land touches Fox Ridge State Park and our land touches Lake Charleston. So um, we now protect actually 14 river miles of the Embraer River, which is very exciting. I know. I know. That was a fun story. So I guess, <laughs> I guess that's amazing. I know, I know the work that has, I am so admire the work that has happened around Lake Charleston and the trails that have been mm-hmm. added and the beauty that they've done there for everyone to enjoy and, and to be out in nature. And now to have that connected through Warbler Ridge on the way down to, to Fox Ridge is, I mean, 14 miles of river. That's pretty, pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Pretty incredible. It's exciting. And we, Gosh. we actually bought a parcel. One of the last parcels we bought at Warbler was was north of the lake. So we're actually um, on the north end of the lake now. And so it really goes Warbler, Lake Charleston, Warbler, Fox Ridge. <laughs> so that was kind of an unexpected. Wow. Uh, we had a landowner who had the parcel just north of the lake reach out to us. He lived in Chicago and could he and his wife could no longer They didn't have the health capacity to come down and visit there. It was a hunting space, really only. Um, They had a tiny little bedroom kind of shack on it that they would come down and visit. But he and Lynn, uh, Cliff and Lynn, they decided they they did not want to sell this uh, to someone that would build on it or, you know, not take care of it. It was so important to keep someone that would promise to protect. And that's what we do. We promise to protect in perpetuity as a land trust. That means forever. So we can't get rid of these properties. We can't change our mind. This is forever uh, when we take a property. And so we worked with the family to raise the money. uh, And we, in the end, did we, we lost Lynn. She did pass away right before the closing but she knew it was going to happen and she is still on the property. I'm convinced in both spirit (laughs) and her ashes are on the property. Of course, there is a bench in her name. It was, they called it the bluff because they would sit and watch the sunset up. It's one of the highest peaks in Coles County. And so we have a beautiful bench there for Lynn. And those are the stories that are in this land that you don't see that from the front, but from the back, I get to meet with these families and I get to keep their family stories intact. And I think that's the beauty that land trust can do because governmental entities like parks and forest preserves and state parks, 
they don't have that capacity. You know, everything has a lot of red tape and it has, you know, there's there's voting people, right? They give their pay their tax money. As a nonprofit, <laughs> we can follow our hearts. We can follow if we, you know, obtain the funding to do projects that mean a lot to the community. So land trusts play a huge role. And I'm I'm just really proud of that word. Yes. Oh, I would say so. You know, when we live our lives and, you know, those of you who have children can pass that on. I never had any children. I always felt like I would never have anything to leave behind but a headstone. Mm-hmm. And that was the only thing that would show that I'd ever walk this earth. It, profound when you think about it that there are people who have the means and the and the foresight to hang on to that to not just hang on the land themselves that they they value nature and leaving a legacy to to the future generations rather than they value that more than money and um, that's a rare and beautiful thing and I, I admire these people so much and I can imagine you feel their spirits there but because mm-hmm. I, I do believe that I believe that mm-hmm. You know, uh, the the living things around us, they feel too. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we give, if we give to them, they'll get back, give back so much more to us. But mm-hmm. it's just very profound to me. Yes. <laughs> I grew up on a farm and, you know, the smell of fresh turned dirt in the spring is one of the, and, and, and rain on that dirt is just one of the, that's like heaven to me. Yes. You know, that's, uh, that's one of the beautiful things. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't smell that in, in, in downtown Chicago. <laughs> no. Nothing against downtown Chicago because like I said, I love to go to the cities. But uh, when people get the opportunity to realize what is what is out in, in rural areas and what is being preserved and the work that people like you and the volunteers put in to make this happen, it's a very selfless thing that, that people do to protect the environment and to protect these precious lands that we that are so scarce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of hope and a lot of trust placed in this work. And uh, people that either donate or sell their land to us, they are often at a stage in their life where they won't see what really happens, right, to this. And um, mm-hmm. they may not have family left behind to watch us do it either. And so there's just a lot of faith and hope and trust in that but also the work of like our staff and our volunteers, you know, they say in conservation, um, the true value is that uh, to plant the, the seed for the trees whose shade you'll never see. And that's mm. the work we do. You know, we've planted over 70,000 trees at Warbler Ridge now in the last six years, oh. 70,000 trees. But these are little baby trees. They're little sticks. Uh, and so if you go down in Warbler Bottoms, you'll see them all inside the fences and we're trying to keep the deer away. But I won't see I won't see the, the shade of those trees. I'll never see that come to fruition. But we can do things in the meantime, like we've done the artificial bat habitats in the bottoms and things. And that is so rare. We set those um, artificial roosts for the bats up about four, three years ago, four years ago, thinking it would take, and the bat biologist told us, it will take years for the bats to trust these structures and roost in these structures probably, but it didn't. It took two years maybe, Mm. 
And now in the evening times, we have over 700 of the endangered Indiana bats coming out at Warbler Ridge. And that is, I feel almost selfish because it's so rare that we get to see something happen. You know, in my lifetime, I got to see the fruit of our labor and that's just unheard of. So I feel very special that I did get to see that. And that's, that's another fun story of our volunteers. They sit out in their lawn chairs covered in mosquito netting in the middle of July (laughs) with little hand clickers to click, click, click and count those bats as they come out at night. So we have the data to know if our projects are working. And um, yeah, that's love right there. (laughs) That's love. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. What dedication and um, what a great opportunity to see something so rare. Yes, it is. It's And people, I love that about, like Warbler Ridge is our largest site. It is in Coles County. All of our sites have something special and a story hidden inside, but I that's what I want people to know. I want them to know their local story. I want them to be proud that, wow, I live in Coles County where we have one of the largest maternity colonies of of Indiana bats. They're having babies and they're living here. Mm-hmm. And this is, that means I live in a healthy ecosystem. I, you know, I have something to be proud of here. And it's the same up North at our Loda Prairie near Ford County and Iroquois County. We have these Eastern prairie fringed orchids that can only be found in this prairie. And so our volunteers hover and hold their breath and watch And then the minute they think the orchids are going to open, we call up to another prairie in Chicago and they collect the pollen, put it in a FedEx box on ice, ship it overnight to us. And then we hand pollinate the orchids the next morning because there's only so few individuals left. Sometimes there's 11 that bloom in a year. We don't want them to share genetics. It would be bad, right? It would be a small genetic school. So we have to bring in pollen from another one of the prairie sites, but they're so far apart. Like I said, you know, you're going to have to get pollen from Chicago. So it's, so literally with little goggles and Q-tips, we are, (laughs) we are trying to save the Eastern Prairie Fringed Orchid and hand pollinating. It's just it's almost funny. Wow. It should almost be a TV show sometimes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there again, I would have had no idea. No idea. And I don't I don't imagine most of the listeners would have ever heard that heard of that either. That's just amazing. And I don't know, this is just very touching to me that in a time in our lives where we're just bombarded everywhere we look by negativity and uh, doom and gloom and and no hope for tomorrow. And uh, all, all, all of those elements, and then to to have something like this that is just full of hope and promise that tomorrow will be a better day, you know, because of all the work and and devotion that you and the people that that the volunteers and everybody puts into this. I mean, I know this as you've mentioned that these scientists and people started uh, doing these studies back in 1970. That's the year I graduated high school. Mm. And, um, you know, that's just amazing to me that people have had that foresight to see ahead. I mean, I benefit from 
my area with not, you know, it's not from Grand Prairie, but, you know, you mentioned Douglas Hart. That's one of my favorite places to go. And even in Mattoon, where Helen Douglas Hart had the Friendship Park that we have, Friendship Gardens, and, you know, people that have have the foresight and the means to to preserve those things for the rest of us, that just that touches my heart. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's, I think, what it takes. And, and I think it's inspirational, too. You mentioned, you know, when we talk about COVID and it was just like, what is happening with the world? Are we going to be okay? And no one really had a crystal ball. Mm. But you could look outside and see the seasons still changed and the flowers still bloomed and the leaves came out. Mm. And it was this inspiration, like we're all going to, it's going to keep moving. Nature keeps going. And so I think no matter what people are going through, whether it's a pandemic or whether it's just a personal struggle they're going through, I think that's always a good, a good grounding stone to look at nature and try to, Mm -hmm. they're still moving on there. (laughs) Yeah, it's something that, uh, as I said, I grew uh, growing up on a farm. I, I, I was the only girl. I had five brothers. I was the next, the youngest, and so I spent a lot of time out in the yard entertaining myself because yeah. my brothers really didn't have a lot to do with yeah. me. Because they, anyway, some of them were working on the farm, and you know mm-hmm. they had other interests other than their than their little sister. But I fortunately grew up appreciating nature. And as I said, it didn't take until it was till I was much older that I really did get that God tap that said, you might want to slow down and look around. And, you know, I had this little Amish school across the road from me. And early in the morning when they're going to schools, many times I'm out on my hands and knees on a piece of cardboard with my cell phone, with my nose down in the yard, taking a picture of a little spider web that's only an inch and a half in diameter, you know, that only I am seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing the dewdrops on it. So, you know, it's a little microcosm of the, of the world. But Sarah, this has just been a delight. I can't tell you how much I've learned from you today. And um, I hope you come back in the future and talk with us again. I would just be honored to. And, you know, this fall of 2023, we have a host of events for all all types of persons, even if you think I'm not a hiker or, you know, I'm not into the heat or all of those things. We even have, you know, driving tours where you can just come out and we have people that just drive through in the evening and look at the deer uh, from Warbler Bottoms all the way up to the Dalyville Road entrance in Coles County. But even at our Burnett Preserve in Tolona, we have people just sit in the parking lot and just watch the birds uh, even if you have mobility issues. And we will be having our fall FET coming up. And that is, uh, <laughs> yes, very exciting on the 23rd of September. And we have some very special guests that will be playing. Um, we are honored. So we have, uh, you may want to share that information, but we we have uh, some musicians <laughs> that are very talented that will be coming out to the fall FET. So we encourage everyone to come and enjoy that day. That's just a very laid back fall day to enjoy with your family. And yeah, so Dodie and Dixon coming out. <laughs> It'll be fun. Dixon yeah, we're, 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 we'll be excited to be there. We're looking forward to it already. We really are. And uh, do you have any other websites other than Grand Prairie or any other uh, contact information other than grandprairiefriends.org you'd like to share? 
I think that we also have our Facebook page, and I encourage anyone to find us on Facebook, Grand Prairie Friends. We also have a Warbler Ridge Conservation Area Facebook page, and those are our two social media that we maintain the most. On Wednesdays, we have What in the Wild Wednesday, and it is the funniest (laughs) post. I encourage everyone to follow along on Wednesdays because we have again, two or three amazing volunteers that monitor all of our trail cameras through the preserves. And the animals do some of the most funny things. And I couldn't even make this stuff up. But we have turkeys that are screaming at other turkeys. And we we have a flying gra- a flying squirrel that's up in a tree and it, an owl that gives me dirty looks and won't fly <laughs> away. And we just have really a lot of fun on Wednesdays on Facebook. So they're all from your back backyard. They're from the preserves locally here in East Central Illinois. So you'll, and our volunteers pour a lot of love into those. So those would be the websites I would send you to first. Well, those sound like a lot of fun, Sarah. You have been a delight. I'm so glad that our paths have crossed and I I uh, can't wait to meet you in person. So I think this is going to bring our show today to a close. Again, my name is Wendy Fleming Dexter. It's been a delight to have Sarah Livesey here with me today and I hope that everybody will come back and join us again next week and enjoy the earth and please be kind to one another. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening to Life on the Illinois Prairie, the undercurrents of our American life. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to Life on the Illinois Prairie wherever you get your podcast. Stay tuned for more stories, interviews, and updates. I'm your host, Wendy Fleming Dexter. Until next time. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.